This is Cyber Defense Radio with your host and cybersecurity expert, Gary Malefsky. Gary brings to you another globally recognized cybersecurity executive in the hot seat today. Sitting in my hot seat today is a very special guest. Rakesh Narasimhan is the president and CEO of Anishian. And you're going to do the spelling. We'll put it up on the screen for our viewers and listeners. Spell your website and tell us what you're doing for both B2B and SaaS uh, companies to give them compliance and security. Excellent. Thank you very much for the opportunity to come on your show and, and have a chance to have a discussion. Uh, so our website is uh, anitian.com, A-N-I-T-I-A-N.com. And, and we have essentially taken the mission on to help customers uh, achieve compliance to enter new markets. And most of them are really um, SaaS companies, commercial SaaS companies who are trying to enter a new vertical market, whether it's government or electronic commerce or what have you. And then simultaneously, we're also helping B2B companies who are trying to go to cloud, but a, a pre-built, pre-engineered platform that helps them achieve security before they even go and actually build applications in there. So both of those are very big needs of our customers and we're fortunate enough to have a software platform to enable them to do that. So Rakesh, what's the difference between say a, a web app firewall and what you're doing? And then tell me a little bit about this compliance. Is it PCI, HIPAA, GLBA? What kind of compliance and how are you different than what people are already using thinking they're more secure? Great question. Um, so I think from a from the first quite part of your question really is the difference is whereas things like firewalls are a particular vector, if you will, to protect something, information flow, uh, we actually have an architecture of not just firewalls, but also other components, whether they be endpoints, if you will, or SIMs. There's a variety of those functionality that all have to be brought together to achieve certain compliance standards such as FedRAMP. So what we have done is architecturally pre-built all of that configured and we're ready to go deploy and manage monitor that entire infrastructure for applications on a bunch of clouds, AWS, Azure, and soon Google. So we have actually pre-done all of that work so that we help the customer, whether they're a SaaS company, get their application integrated into the infrastructure. Now to your second uh, part of the question, which is really on compliance, that's exactly the reason why Anishin was formed, which is customers have historically struggled to either do it themselves or try to get consulting to go achieve a certain compliance standard, like it could be FedRAMP or PCI or SOC 2. So we have taken a software oriented approach to provide a software platform and then you can achieve a variety of those compliance standards. Maybe you start with something as small as SOC 2, then you graduate to potentially PCI for your electronic commerce. And now you wanna go enter the government market to go sell your existing applications into, you have to achieve FedRAMP you know, status, if you will. So the, the authority to operate is as a status we help you comply with um, or achieve, if you will. And so we help the customer go through that process of picking your standards, but along the way you have a platform that helps you grow through that cycle, if you will. Such a thing has never really existed. You had to really custom build it yourself or you got a lot of consulting, but you still had to do the work. So we're just doing that automation, if you will, for customers on their behalf. Would this include things like, you know, multi-factor authentication, strong encryption of the data, 
uh, and other, other security things that are being done to meet the standards or the needs for compliance? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's one of those, you know, it, it's almost a given uh, as part of our rollout and our deployment that we do that as part of our platform. Uh, it's one of the reasons why we have a rich ecosystem of not just code we've written, obviously, but we also have a lot of partners and we have actually gotten that pre-configured and pre-ready to go, including uh, two-factor authentication and encryption. In fact, it's a requirement for some of those compliance standards. So we've implemented it and the customer benefits from all that innovation and integration together so that you don't have to do that as a customer. Is the Anishian platform um, invisible? Is it in the front uh, of the whole system, the whole SaaS solution, or is it integrated into it? How does that get deployed? Oh, it's a great question. I, I think the biggest thing you should take away is our job is not to be at the center stage, if you will. Really, the center stage is the customer's application. Mm -hmm. And it, it, in a very short form, if you think about it, it's they're entering a new market. How quickly can we make that happen according to the standard it, it is the biggest uh, consideration from our perspective. So we're really behind the scenes, if you will. And we sit on top of the shoulders of giants like the cloud providers. And we have provided a place and architecture for us to integrate not just our software, but our partner software. And then we layer on top of it the customer's application. And that is what the customer ends up seeing, the ability to buy or transact from the application in the new vertical, if you will. That's really the goal of what we accomplish for our customers. So typical customers, would this be a company building, let's say the next healthcare.gov portal or uh, you know, Lockheed Martin doing some online work and doing some government consulting? What, what kind of clients, uh, for example, with FedRAMP would you say need you? So uh, from a customer perspective, we have a variety of customers and, and roughly uh, the types of customers we have on the compliance side of our business are really SaaS companies who are trying to enter a new vertical market. So that could be, uh, we have public uh, case studies of this smart sheet as an example of an online collaborator who is trying to enter the federal market. And so we were able to help them go from being a commercial provider to actually be able to provide that in the government marketplace. So that's an example of a customer. We have a lot of other security companies, frankly, who are trying to you know, they might be security companies who are based in Israel, but they're trying to enter the U.S. market and they want to go after the government vertical, if you will, or the electronic commerce uh, market. So then they would do PCI or they would do FedRAMP, if you will. So that's an example of security companies who have a SaaS solution who are trying to go achieve a compliance standard to go expand their market. And then on the security side, we have a lot of B2B companies who basically are making that migration to cloud but they don't want to re-architect, redo everything. They just want a pre-built platform into which they can move their application into. And then they can think about how to re-architect that application. So the speed is important for them to get into the environment. And then they'll start thinking about how to partition off parts of their application to redo, rewrite, or reposition, if you will. We get both of those kinds of customers in that particular security domain. Are you producing any kinds of threat reports or intel reports where you've discovered things along the way that are common across different vertical clients? I'm just curious if, uh, because you're seeing so much data. Exactly. Yeah. So that's exactly one of the services we're able to add primarily because of what we are able to see ahead of time and across. Uh, obviously, we try to anonymize it so that it's not particular to the customer because we, we owe our uh, confidentiality to our customers. So we don't share this information as much as 
threat information that we see across customers, we're able to separate that out and be able to share them and say how we mitigated them, what time it was, you know, how long it took for us to look at it and do something about it. Really information that is very useful to the customer because you know it's one thing in the security business, it's, 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 it's always like this where uh, you're only as good as your latest uh, uh, threat mitigation, if you will. And so it's an ongoing dynamic marketplace and we're able to find things and report it as quickly as we can. Um, and that actually makes the quality of our service better, right? Because the more signal we get from it, we're able to look more for that than the noise that comes out in the system. And it's one less thing the customer has to do. The, the, we think about our job as you know, the customer has what they're doing for their businesses. Security and compliance are the things we don't want them to have to worry about. That's the thing that we would be better at taking care of it on their behalf. But part of that is doing this kind of reporting and analytics so that we augment their knowledge about what is happening around their applications. That sounds excellent. And the kinds of organizations that work with you, uh, this sounds like they're medium to large enterprises, uh, government agencies. Are, are there sweet spots for compliance and security uh, being outsourced and leveraged uh, with a SaaS offering that you know there's, there's other kinds of clients that really need you, maybe didn't even know about you until today? Uh, yeah, I think what we're finding out is, uh, if you asked me like two years ago, uh, I would have said it's certainly a very large customer who's trying to enter a new market, and so they need to get this done is what I would have told you. Mm -hmm. The last two years, especially through the pandemic, uh, we've really found a, a huge variety. Um, the variety is, if you look at our compliance business, um, it, it ranges from really unicorn companies, you know, who, who you know, you can name them, they're on their website. Um, to really small series B uh, company startups who are trying to you know, quickly get up and running. They need to get their SOC to, they need to get their PCI, and they need to get going on the FedRAMP because they have a huge business entering a new market. We have those companies in addition to the very large, well-established companies who've been around for 20 years. And we are able to actually accomplish that compliance goal across all of them. In the, in the B2B market for the enterprise, what we're finding is, again, it's really any B2B company who's trying to accomplish the standardization and security. And that's just really any company who's trying to operate in the modern world on the web, on the internet, right? And so we're finding again, a range of customers in there. The surprising thing to me, and you know, I, I guess I'm not surprised now, but when I first started out in the company, mm -hmm. it was amazing to me as to how many security companies were coming to us to basically help them with this particular issue. So you would think security companies, you know, they'll be able to do it themselves. Like they have time and money, they can go accomplish this. Um, it's amazing to us that, you know, the, the way we have innovated, the way we've actually made it really predictable and easy to progress and get ATO'd has really given them one less thing for them to do, but we can do that repeatedly. So that's really three sort of different kinds of customers that I wouldn't have said that's what our customer base would be three years ago and two years ago. But today I certainly see that real variety across the board, if you will. That just tells you a little bit about how security affects everybody and compliance is really a need for everybody. That just wasn't an obvious solution available that is software-based like we uh, have accomplished uh, that came along. So now that it's available, you're finding a lot more people adopting it, if you will. Yeah, I think you're going to be busy for a long time, especially since post-COVID. Uh, companies are realizing before COVID, it was a three or four percent telecommuting, right? We we've talked in our industry for years 
We used to have our modems making those loud noises at home, you know, working remotely as a computer person. Today, everybody's doing it, right? And I mean, it's over 50 some odd percent and growing, which means really the SaaS offerings are going to just explode. And that also means they're much more exploitable and being in compliance. Uh, it's a big deal with regulations. You know, it's interesting. I wanted to ask you, Rakesh, do you, do you see healthcare caring finally? I mean, we've got the wall of shame up at uh, healthandhumanservices.gov, but, you know, they, they, they didn't have teeth on their compliance. Like, you know, FDIC, if a bank is out of compliance, they can shut the bank down. You could lose your ability to have quarter of a million insurance per client, per savings account. There's a lot of problems that can occur because there's teeth in the standard and in the government getting involved when it comes to banking. But is healthcare, because are they the most vulnerable? Do they care? What's going on in that sector? I, I think, I think you know, it's a journey, right? For, for a lot of the verticals. Um, I think uh, with the advent of internet, commerce and finance really changed dramatically. So you saw a lot of compliance happen and people had to really get behind it. And also the other side of the coin, right? Fraud, a lot of fraud started happening. And so really banks and, and financial institutions had to really figure out a policy and a procedure and a compliance standard to, 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 to work with, if you will. So that really took off and the internet commerce took off. And so again, you had to basically get involved in taking care of that. I, I think two things have happened uh, since uh, COVID actually happened, right? It's such a global phenomenon mm-hmm. that really enabling people to work from anywhere became a first order bit priority. That just wasn't the case before, if you, if you imagine, right? Yeah, I mean, you had people had access, people could get across, you could buy things, you could read things, but the idea that everybody has to do this, not just a few tech companies, that's something that the pandemic really forced upon all of us. What I'm saying is not insightful, it's just, it's just happening, it's happened everywhere. But along with it forced this issue of every sector, including healthcare, who now has to deal with it. This idea that, you must be able to access, you know, you know, even a doctor's appointment and then the, all the information goes with it, the prescriptions that follow after that, or even follow-ups in general, all of that suddenly is pushed to the forefront of having to deal with it, much like the commerce folks had to deal with it, social media and all the commercial apps did, the consumer side. So I think that that's come along, just to answer your question, I think the healthcare vertical is certainly serious, they certainly want to get in front of it. And there's a lot of actual work going on in that particular vertical to actually bring that compliance part of it uh, to, the, to the forefront, if you will. So I think government mandating some of that is certainly uh, puts a priority on it. But most importantly, I think this idea that everybody has to be able to access and enable from anywhere has really brought that uh, to the forefront. And so companies like us are actually, actually focusing on that to help that vertical with their compliance parts of it. I think it's good for all of us humans uh, to be able to, to get the benefits of that activity, much like we've enjoyed the productivity, uh, email, communications, commerce, internet, social media, all of those have hugely um, benefited mankind. But I think healthcare is like the next generation, if you will, of the next big changes that are happening in the marketplace that we can bring to people. Right on target as usual. Rakesh, you, I think you nailed it. So it reminds me of you know, the PCI standard when it first came out. We're kind of in that mode with healthcare, healthcare where uh, it was the early days of e-commerce where they started saying, we've got to do something about all this credit card fraud and some yeah. sites not using encryption or having you know, bad uh, SSL certs or whatever the issues were and the whole PCI standards evolved. 
uh, and the standard body. And it, it's great. I think it's been great for e-commerce. And I think, yeah, the same thing will happen with healthcare. That's probably their year to start getting their act together. Um, I think it's evolution, right? I mean, everything happens over time. All the building blocks need to be there. And then suddenly you have a network effect. I think we're at that juncture now where such things are possible in every vertical, not just in commerce or internet. It's all the other verticals you can imagine where such a need exists, but it's now possible, right? In a way that it just wasn't possible even 10 years ago. Exactly, which means you'll be busy for a long time. So speaking of Anishian, uh, is there anything you want to share with our viewers and listeners that we haven't covered? I, I think the big thing is, uh, from our perspective, we think there's a world of good to be done across industries and all the innovation that is being brought by SaaS companies and all the B2B companies who are trying to make sure they're enabling their applications to be accessible to everybody in their employee base or partner base. All of that is really a recognition that the world has changed. The world has changed very fundamentally. And so we are play a humble part in that journey where we can help those customers be addressed through helping those SaaS companies and B2B companies. We'd love to help you. Uh, if you're a SaaS company or a B2B company who is on the journey to go, uh, get your compliance and security done, give us a shout at info at anishin.com and we'll be sure to help you get on that journey to help your customers. So if you're worried about compliance and you've got to do it quickly for any of these major standards, you know, FedRAMP and others, you've got a great platform to offer at Anishian and you add an incredible layer of security with a 24-7 SOC. You are going places and you're taking companies with you who moved into the SaaS world and they didn't know what they were getting into. And this can alleviate a lot of stress. So I recommend if you're worried about compliance and you're worried about security and you've got a SaaS offering, this is the company to go to. It's Anishian, A-N-I-T-I-A-N.com. You've been listening to Cyber Defense Radio. Stay tuned next time for another amazing and informative episode. CyberDefenseRadio.com is proudly part of the Cyber Defense Media Group, where InfoSec knowledge is power. Cyber Defense TV and Cyber Defense Radio have launched 24 by 7 by 365 live streams. Visit them online today at cyberdefense.tv and cyberdefense.radio with your host and globally recognized cybersecurity expert and my good friend, Gary Milewski.